Welcome to Fit Body Happy Joints. I am your host, Shannon. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to announce that we are doing an Evlo Foundations program. This is a month-long program designed to really set a firm foundation so exercise can be a natural kind of easy part of your life forever. And by easy, I don't mean the workouts themselves will be easy, but you'll feel like returning to your routine over and over just feels natural. And there's a sense of ease around it. At least that's my goal. My goal for this program is that again, we set that firm foundation so that we can eventually start to build strength and muscle hypertrophy. Muscle hypertrophy takes, you know, eight weeks, sometimes longer. That's muscle growth. But I think that this will be a really firm foundation. I think one of the biggest mistakes people make in the new year is they go way too hard and they just burn themselves out mentally and physically. So if you truly want to exercise forever and learn about your body so you can actually do workouts that feel satisfying to your muscles and good at your joints and actually look forward to your workouts, which is something that we hear all the time, we would love to have you. The first two weeks will be free, completely free for the month of January. There's a link in the show notes. If you want to sign up for those, you don't have to put in your credit card. You just sign up and we will send all the info directly to you. You can take those weeks twice over. So you can take weeks one and two and then repeat weeks one and two on the final two weeks of January. Or if you want the third week, you can actually join Avlo for seven days for free. There's a seven day free trial. Get the third week. If you want to stay, we'd love to have you. If you don't want to stay, no hard feelings. I want this to be a really good fit for you. My goal is that this is super empowering and educational, and I want to make exercise feel less depleting and painful and more impactful and satisfying and maybe eventually enjoyable. So if you're in, go ahead and get signed up in the link in my bio. Okay. Today I want to do a frequently asked questions episode. I know a lot of my podcast episodes are really dense, so I wanted this episode to be a bit higher level, and I will reference resources and some of my old episodes throughout this podcast if you're interested in digging deeper. So question number one, how much cardio do I add? I did two in-depth podcasts about this, and again, I will link them in the show notes, but I will quickly summarize it here. So there are two types of cardio that the fitness industry generally talks about, steady state cardio and HIT or high intensity interval training. And it's debatable whether or not HIT would be classified as cardio, but we're going to lump it into this discussion. So let's talk about steady state cardio first. Steady state cardio is anything that you can sustain for a longer period of time. I think this is usually cardio that most people generally think of. So jogging, swimming, biking, walking, even some forms of yoga and aerobics where you're getting your heart rate up, but it's not so hard that you have to take breaks really frequently. Within steady state cardio, there are two loose classifications of steady state cardio. So there's low intensity, steady state or light intensity, steady state and moderate intensity, steady state. So low intensity or light intensity, steady state or LISS, L I S S is what I'll refer to it from here on out. Low intensity, steady state is usually the heart rate is usually around 100 to 130 beats per minute and moderate steady state cardio, which I'll refer to from here on out as MISS, M I S S is generally in the range of 140 to 160 beats per minute. Now this will vary based on the individual and I'm sure there's lots of different numbers for this. So the numbers don't need to be taken super literally. They're just kind of really loose classifications. So which one should you do? Should you do list? Should you do miss? Should you do both? 
It depends on your goals and how quickly you can recover. Both of those things, so what your goals are and then how quickly you can recover, are things that are important to identify and distinguish before you start a workout routine and then as you're going. So you might decide you want to change your goals. You might decide that you're tracking recovery and maybe you're doing great and you're recovering really easy. And then, you know, so you adjust dosage, maybe you add more workouts. If you're not recovering well, maybe you take workouts away. So how much cardio you do highly depends on your own goals and how quickly you can recover. So let's start with the goal of hypertrophy or growing your muscles to be bigger and stronger. This is our goal in Evlo hypertrophy, because I believe having more muscle mass is key in improving longevity in pretty much every way. It's, you know, we lose muscle as we age. So we definitely need to be strength training to at least maintain muscle. If not grow more muscle, it helps us fight chronic diseases. It helps improve our metabolism and eventually it helps improve body composition if that's our goal. So if hypertrophy or muscle growth is your goal, I honestly recommend skipping the miss and sticking more to less. I think, you know, if you're worried about getting your heart rate high enough, you do tend to get your heart rate up in our lifting classes or in, in any lifting class. I don't mean just at Evlo members, anybody who's not an Evlo members that's doing some resistance training, you get your heart rate up. So you are getting some cardio from your resistance training. And if you decide to add in a hit session, which we'll talk about here in a moment, you're definitely get your, getting your heart rate high enough. So I think people are concerned, like, is this okay for my cardiovascular health? And I would say, if you're doing resistance training, you're doing less light intensity cardio, and you are maybe, maybe adding a hit session. Again, we'll talk about that in a second. I personally think that you are getting enough cardiovascular uh, stimulation there. And the reason I prefer less over miss so again, the light intensity over the moderate intensity is because it's less stressful to your system and less likely to inhibit muscle growth. Because if hypertrophy is our number one goal, we want to make sure we aren't overstressing your system to the point where you can't recover and grow stronger from the strength sessions that you're doing. So if you're doing too much moderate intensity cardio, it could be potentially setting you back and you might not see the full benefits from your lifting session. So again, if your goal is hypertrophy, I recommend focusing most of your attention on your strength training sessions and then adding in some lists. Now, I'm not recommending lists for extra fat burning, although low-intensity cardio does use fat as its fuel source, but that's not the primary reason that I am suggesting it. It's just to get your body moving since we tend to be more stationary in our society. However, if you're someone who has an active job and you're walking around all day, or you're a parent that's like running around with kids all day, you may not need the extra lists. You may not need the extra walks, but for someone like me, I, you know, I teach in the morning, I do my workout in the morning, and then I sit all day on my computer, believe it or not. So I feel like my body is pretty stationary during the day. So I need some more, some extra gentle movement. And it's, it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with improving body composition. For me, it's more about just moving my body, getting the mental clarity, improving, you know, improving blood flow, things like that. What I recommend for light intensity, steady state is gentle walks gentle bike rides, swims, or flowy yoga most days of the week. Anything that's not going to really stress out your system and make you feel really fatigued. 
So again, we want our list to feel good, to feel really almost like therapeutic. And I think if you, if you get into lists and you're in the habit of walking, you, you kind of feel what I mean. It almost feels like you crave it. So we want it to be really gentle and not super stressful on your system. Again, a general rule of thumb is to stay within that 100 to 130 beats per minute. But you can just, if you're not using a fitness watch, which, you know, y'all know that I'm not a huge fan of those fitness watches, but they can be helpful for tracking things like this. But if you're not using a fitness watch, just don't even worry about it. Just let your cardio sessions be nice and leisurely, pretty easy. You shouldn't come home and feel like totally wiped, like you need to take a nap. Most people, not most people, some people can incorporate easy jogs as their lists and, or even sometimes as miss, they'll get a little higher heart rate and it won't result in overuse injuries or it won't inhibit their muscle recovery from their strength training sessions. So if you're somebody, I know we have a lot of runners in Evla. We have a lot of you that love to kind of cross train. They like to run and they like to lift. I think that's just something that you'll have to track for yourself. Some people can tolerate it great, um, but if you're starting to feel those aches and pains in your knees and your hips and your back, it might be kind of worth playing around with your frequency of running and dialing it back, maybe replacing a jog or two with a walk instead. So just look at your symptoms. A good workout routine won't make you feel broken down and like you got hit by a truck. <laughs> so we need to recognize if we are feeling like we got hit by a truck, We need to dial our dosage so that we're actually benefiting from our strength routines instead of unnecessarily wearing ourselves down. Some of you may not have the goal to increase muscle hypertrophy or increase your muscle growth. Again, I I do truly recommend, and I urge you to set that as your goal, but again, everyone is a little different. And I will say that, no, you're not going to get bulky. Gaining bulk actually takes a lot of work and effort, and it does not happen overnight. So if you get to a point in your muscle growth that you're happy with, you can just maintain that and not increase resistance or volume and just kind of maintain the muscle growth that you have. And I think that's a beautiful place to be. But let's say your goal is endurance or to run a marathon or a race, then you would obviously want to add more miss, or maybe your goal is, I just want to be able to run. Like I love to run so much. I want to be able to strength train in ways that will build my body up so that I can run more. Obviously, this is a different discussion. And I'm actually not an expert in running races or doing marathons or anything like that. So I'll just kind of leave it at that, that you might want to play around with your dosage if you are, if your goal is to run a race or to continue to run. Obviously, you would want to do more miss to improve your endurance. And there's nothing wrong with miss. Again, it just depends on your goals. Again, if you want more information on Steady state cardio, I linked a podcast that I did in the show notes. Okay, next let's talk about HIT. That's steady state cardio. Let's go to HIT. HIT often gets thrown into the category of cardio, but it's actually the opposite of steady state cardio because steady state cardio, by definition, is an activity that you could do for a prolonged period of time. High intensity interval training is one that you cannot sustain for a long period of time because you do all out max effort bursts followed by short periods of rest, like interval training when you're on a bike and you are going all out as fast as you possibly can for, you know, 15, 20 seconds, resting for 15, 20 seconds, and then repeating or whatever it may be The the variables can kind of vary there. But the nature of HIT is opposite of steady state in that it cannot be carried out for a very long period of time if you're truly doing max effort. If you are carrying out your workout for a longer period of time, say like 20 or 30 minutes, but you're working hard and you're trucking it, you're probably not 
doing hit, you're probably doing miss because you're probably our bodies, most people's bodies at least are not able to sustain all out effort for very long. So if you're working out for longer than like 30 minutes and you think you're doing hit, my guess is that maybe some of it might be hit, but it probably more likely falls into the miss category. So hits can be intervals on a bike. They could be sprints. It can even be body weight movements like jump squats. It can even be weightlifting, right? So there are benefits to hit like improving muscle mass, improving resistance, um, improving insulin resistance, I'm sorry, and cardiovascular health. However, HIT may not be right for everyone because it can be kind of intense. Generally, it involves faster movements. So it may not be right for everyone. If you're someone that's new to exercise or on the flip side, if you've been doing too much HIT or too much miss and, and you're in a state of chronic stress and inflammation, I wouldn't even worry about HIT for a little while. Work on improving muscle strength, improving muscle stability with really slow, controlled, you know, hard effort, right? But then also prioritize your recovery so that you know you're actually benefiting and you're not just digging yourself into a deeper hole. And that's something that, again, you can kind of feel for yourself. Like, have you ever just worked out way too much? And again, you you have that feeling like you you got hit by a truck. (laughs) So that's something that we should not be feeling on a weekly basis. Sometimes it might happen, but we should not be feeling that regularly. I will also say that, and I glazed over this briefly, but that lifting can be considered hit if you're using high enough effort. If you're flexing at 100% effort, like I preach, and if you're getting close to that failure point, you're technically doing hit, right? Since that movement can't be sustained for very, for very long and requires close to max effort. So your lifting sessions may look slow and controlled and they might not look like traditional hit, but they can actually function like a hit session. If you're working hard enough, using appropriate resistance and flexing with 100% effort, like I preach. So let's say you're lifting and you're feeling good. How do you know if it's time to add maybe a hit session? I would say if your joints are feeling good and if you're recovering properly, again, see the podcast that I did a couple of weeks ago on how to track your recovery so that you can see if you're actually recovering. I'll link that in the show notes. And if you enjoy it, if you hate hit, honestly, I think that you can make your lifting sessions serve as your hit sessions and flex and, and work really hard and go slow and put out max effort in those hit set in those lifting sessions. And I think they can double as your hit session. So, but if you do decide to add hit, dosage is key. I will link a study in the show notes that says that shows that some hit can be beneficial, but too much hit can actually inhibit recovery and backslide you. Something that I preach all of the time. So we don't want to go into our workouts, like, especially if you're adding things, we want to add things really slowly, see how your body responds. And then maybe we take it out. Maybe we add more, maybe we stay the same. So it's kind of this little dance between finding what works for your body. If you decide you want to add it, start slow. Maybe start with one 15-minute session alongside your strength workouts and see how you feel. I would wait at least a month before deciding to either take it out or add another. Personally, I like two 15-minute hit sessions per week. And the hit sessions, the the work portion is actually more like seven minutes because we do a short warm-up and a short cool-down. So it's really not very long at all, but, um, these are the cardio burst classes that I teach in the Evlo membership and they serve as my hit, my hit workouts. One of them is low impact and one of them is high impact. And I will say that you Evlo members will notice some weeks I don't go all out and some weeks I do. So 
you know, some weeks, maybe I'm more stressed. Maybe I didn't sleep well. And I'm feeling like my body feels a little like physically weaker and like more sluggish those weeks. I might not go full out. I'll you know, I still have to teach the class cause it's my job, but I might dial it back a little bit. And then some weeks I'm like, Ooh, let's get this. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling strong. And then I get after it. So understanding that your life isn't linear as humans, we have ups and downs, but your ability to dip and dive and swerve with what's going on in your life I think is the best indicator of success in so many areas, not even just exercise. All right. So that is cardio question. Number two, how do I improve flexibility? This is a contentious one and I have a not so popular opinion about this. Let's get into it. I think it's important to first ask yourself why you want to be flexible. Is it because you need to be able to do the splits for your sport? Maybe you are a dancer or a gymnast If so, then I think you should stretch. We have a member who is a ballet dancer and she wants to be able to do the splits. So in that case, I do think flexibility and stretching is a priority for her. And before I go any further, I will say that my opinions about this are highly contentious in the industry. And I have formed an opinion based on what I've read and what I've learned in my continuing education courses and from mentors and from experience as a physical therapist So if you have another theory that makes more sense to you, I think that's awesome. I do need to acknowledge that exercise science can often be blurry and up to interpretation. So I'm going to present what has made the most sense to me. And of course, just like anything I present, you can take it or leave it depending on if it makes sense to you and if it feels good for you. Okay. So I will say that for most people, mobility is more important than flexibility. And they're different. So mobility means you are able to move dynamically through a range of motion using the contraction of your muscles. And flexibility is your ability to passively push or move your joints into a certain range of motion. So mobility means like, you know, reaching up to that top shelf and having the shoulder mobility and shoulder ability and muscle contraction to be able to do that and joint function to be able to do that. And flexibility is, let's say, using your other hand and pushing your arm all the way up as high as it can go, or laying on your side and using your body weight to push your shoulder into a a bigger range of motion. That's flexibility. Mobility is your body's active ability to move that joint. Mobility is generally more functional. It's how we move throughout our lives. Again, we need shoulder mobility to reach up to the top shelf. We need hip mobility to get in and out of the car. It's our ability to contract and relax certain muscles in order to move our body throughout our lives. So very functional, obviously very important. But the flexibility question goes back to asking yourself why you want to be flexible and what your goals are. I think many people want to improve flexibility, and maybe I'm wrong, but I think they want to improve flexibility because they quote unquote feel tight. Let's talk about tightness for a second because this is important. Tightness is subjective. It's like pain. We cannot measure tightness. We can measure range of motion, but tightness is a feeling. So someone can feel tight, but they may have totally normal range of motion. And on the other side, some people may not feel tight at all, and they can be super restricted. So tightness is a feeling, and it's also a symptom. Your body will tighten up as a protective mechanism to keep your joints safe, to keep you from moving through a range of motion that could be compromising and injure you. So tightness is a symptom and tightness is not always a bad thing. It can keep your joints from moving through those dangerous ranges of motion and maybe, you know, injuring structures like labrums or ligaments. 
And when we're holding weights, some degree of tightness is really important as it stops us from dropping too low into a joint position that we can't control. Hypermobility, so people that can really move into extreme ranges of motion and they're overly flexible, they can actually have lots of issues strength training because they can get into these deep joint positions that they aren't able to control and joint structures can be damaged. Additionally, we don't know why you're tight. We don't know why you're lacking range of motion. Loss of mobility, especially if you compare it one side to the other, loss of range of motion on on one side versus the other. So let's say right leg is a lot um, tighter. The range of motion is a lot less than the left side. That generally means maybe there's something going on there and it's your body's way of keeping you safe if it senses something isn't quite right in that left hip. And so it's going to restrict your range of motion. Your body is way smarter than we are. So it will tighten up tissue to keep you from moving into a position that senses may compromise you. So let's take the hips, for example. Hips are a joint that I think a lot of people feel tight in and want to stretch. And it feels so yummy. (laughs) I get it. I actually love to stretch, even though I, I don't stretch very often, but I actually do love to stretch. So I totally get it. So hip structure will vary from person to person. It's very highly variable. This means that everyone will have different physical shapes of the hip bones themselves. So your hip bone is a ball and socket joint, which means you have your thigh bone and on the end of your thigh bone is the femoral head. The femoral head is like a round structure and it sits inside the, um, the hip socket, which is sort of like a cave that wraps around that, um, that ball, that femoral head. So some people may have a bigger femoral head that it, that inhibits range of motion. Some people may have some arthritis there, some bone on bone that inhibits their range of motion. Some people's femoral head might sit differently in the socket, which will inhibit range of motion. All of these things can be structural or or things that, you know, we're not going to change unless we get surgery, right? So if we are doing movements that are potentially violating that structure of your hip, your body may tighten up in order to keep you safe. So one of the things that immediately comes to mind as it, as it applies to exercise is overuse. If you are constantly overusing the hip joint, like lots of squats, lots of lunges, lots of cycling, whatever it may be, lots of uh, running. If you're overusing some of those muscles of the hip, your body will tighten you up in order to keep you safe because overuse can often lead to muscle weakness because your body needs time to heal muscles and tissues that you have stressed during your workout. But if you don't give it time, it can spin you in chronic inflammation and cause kind of chronic tightness. But what happens is you'll feel that tightness and you'll immediately want to stretch into the movement that your body is trying to protect you from, which can put your joints at risk. So your body is complex. This is not always the case, but my point is tightness is a symptom it's a warning sign that we should pay attention similar to pain. And when we don't know the reason for tightness, we shouldn't just automatically assume that it, that we need to stretch. So if there's something that's really bothering you in a hip and inhibiting your life, it's definitely worth it to go get checked out by a practitioner who can evaluate you as a whole. 
who can look at your entire body. You know, maybe your hip is feeling tight because you actually have instability in your uh, low back and your hips are tight so that you don't hyperextend your low back so that you can protect yourself there. So the, the hip joint itself might not even be the source of the issue. So if there's something that's really bothering you, my opinion is instead of just jumping straight to stretching it, if it's something that's inhibiting your life, go to a practitioner who can evaluate you and figure out the reason for your tightness, not just treat the symptom. I also had someone ask, still on the hip thing, I had someone ask how they can improve flexibility to be able to sit cross-legged. And this is another illustration of how sometimes the physical structure of your hips will stop you from moving into a position. So sitting cross-legged involves a lot of hip, what's called external rotation. So your hips kind of opening within their socket, but like we've talked about the bones of the hips can be shaped so differently from person to person. So someone might not physically have the structure to be able to get into that flex position of the hip and external rotation of the hip, and it can make this position uncomfortable. So forcing your hips into a position that violates the structure is not something I would recommend. We don't know the reason why your hips don't easily fall into external rotation because we don't have x-ray vision, right? We can't see inside the joint to see exactly what's going on. We don't know if your range of motion is lacking because of you know, the bony structure of your hips, or if it's lacking for other reasons, like decreased strength and stability. Again, maybe it's lacking because of tightness, um, cause your body is sensing something going on in the spine. So many things that could influence why you're not flexible in this particular, in this particular position. And this is why I just generally recommend active mobility, moving your body actively using the contraction and relaxation of your own muscles instead of like really pushing, like pushing your body into a position using an external force like gravity or your hands or whatever. I also recommend improving stability. There's an entire stability category in the Evlo membership that you can go in and target some stability. A lot of times improving stability will improve mobility. It will improve your range of motion because it makes your body feel more safe and and stable and supported. And when your body feels more safe, your range of motion might open up a little bit. And obviously I recommend strength training too. So I recommend, you know, mobility work, active mobility, improving stability and strength training over aggressive stretching. Now, if you're getting assessed by a professional who can feel for certain things like hard end stops, like they can move your body and feel like, oh, uh, this, this is the amount of flexion that their hip has before I feel a hard end stop, which means you feel the bone hitting the bone. And then they're like, okay, that's their end range of motion. We're not going to push it any further. And so we want you to stretch into this range of motion. So I'm not saying don't do the stretches that your PT gave you. (laughs) Your PTs are, PTs are freaking smart and they're evaluating you. So if your PT has evaluated you and they've given you specific exercises and stretches, it's for a good reason. So I'm not saying don't do those. This is just recommendations and, and to kind of make you think a little bit differently about tightness. Now, I'm someone who personally loves stretching and I actually really miss it. Gentle stretching can feel amazing. If you want to stretch because you like the way it feels, you're not necessarily searching to really vastly increase your flexibility. You're not searching to decrease tightness. You just like to stretch because you like the way it feels. My recommendation is to keep it pretty light. So you don't push it super far and aggressively I don't think you need to stretch, but I know it can be beneficial to some people, in which case you could add it after your workouts or before bed. Some of the safer stretches 
are a supine hamstring stretch. So you lay on your back, you draw your thigh bone towards your chest and you get a really light stretch of the hamstring. And here you can like circle the ankle. You can bend and straighten the knee. I call those Yogi Ninja kicks. You can move dynamically through it. You can circle through the hip. Um, I think those can be a little bit safer, but again, we're not like aggressively pulling your leg as hard as you can towards your chest. Um, what else? I'm not a huge fan of pigeon stretch because, and I know that's so sad because I think pigeon feels amazing. Um, but however, it does put the hip in a lot of end range motion. So it's end range flexion, it's end range external rotation. It's a little bit of abduction. And then you're passively loading your entire body weight on top of that. So again, just because hip structure is so varied from person to person, some people just may, you know, may have the structure where it's totally fine and their hip feels great there. Their hip can easily sit in the socket. It's not compromising other structures, but for others, it might be compromising. So we just don't know again, unless you're being evaluated, unless you're getting x-rays, things like that. So in my opinion, it's safest just to be a little bit more conservative with it. But if you want to stretch the glutes, instead of doing pigeon, my, my recommendation is to lay on your back, draw your thigh towards your chest with a bent knee, and then bring your leg across your body. So you keep both hip bones down. You keep your spine flat to the mat and draw one knee kind of towards your opposite shoulder. And again, you don't need to like aggressively pull or anything like that. Again, you can even kind of move if it feels pinchy back off, if it feels painful back off. Um, so that that's a way you could stretch the glute only if you want to. Again, I don't think these are necessary unless you've been evaluated. And I still say all of this with caution because I don't want you to overstretch and violate joint structure, but I do think that it can feel really good and calming on your nervous system, which can have a great effect. So that is stretching. And the short answer is that tightness is a symptom. So stretching probably won't solve for it since stretching is treating the symptom, which is tightness, unless we look at what is the underlying reason for our loss in range of motion. We don't know the structure of your joint and why your range of motion is limited without evaluating you. And we want to make sure that we're staying conservative unless you're working with someone one-on-one. I will also say that if you're an Evlo member, we have a full body joint assessment class. So you can just search it in the search bar. And what I do there is I guide you through assessing your range of motion in every single joint. And I have you kind of write down where in your body you feel limited from side to side. So you're comparing yourself to yourself. So if you're like, Oh, my, my right arm, my right shoulder flexes or comes all the way up really easily. My left one. Ooh, that's really hard. Like I can't do that. It doesn't move as far. Then we would circle left shoulder. And after you finish that, you go in and to the stability category and you do um, a stability class for that joint. This is not physical therapy. I like to say that very clearly. This is not to treat an injury. However, this is in a, this is a resource for you to improve the functioning of your joints. And a lot of times when you improve the firing of your muscles, your mobility will open up, your workouts will become more effective, all of those things. So if you're an Evo member, that's a great resource for you. Okay. Last question. And this is going to be a quick one. Can I gain muscle without lifting heavy? Yes. <laughs> Studies show that it's more important to get close to failure in your muscles than lifting super, super heavy. Yes. External load is important. Yes. Which, what exercises you're choosing are important, but if you can squeeze with 100% effort and create what we call internal resistance, you can still gain muscle. Is there anything wrong with lifting super heavy weights? Of course not. But 
it is possible to gain muscle and to see hypertrophy without lifting, without like doing power lifts and things like that. So I do like to recommend, you know, moderate weights, but I also say create that resistance internally, squeeze with 100% effort. Even if you're using a light weight and you're squeezing with 100% effort and getting close to fatigue, you can still see muscle growth. All right. So I hope that you liked this. If you have any suggestions, you can leave a review and put um, a, a question in the review in the review box and I can read that and maybe, maybe I'll do another one of these, but I hope you all have a wonderful and safe holidays and we will see you all next week. Bye for now.